Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. historic night in New York sports and not that the games are you know going to go down in the history of this town but it is a historic night when you talk about the Knicks and Rangers both playing in a postseason series both having a postseason game for the first time in 10 years and really you know it's something that has been we got used to it in the 90s and in the last 20 plus years it just has not been there mainly because of the Knicks but it's a historic night when you have the Knicks and the Rangers, and the Rangers taking on the Devils to boot, and the Mets and Yankees in action. It's a fun night. Now, we'll save the baseball for a little bit later on. You just heard all the Yankee stuff. We could get to that later. The Mets are in action. I want to start on a positive note. There was the good and there was the bad. I want to start with the good. I told you the Rangers are going to handle the Devils. That was a performance by a team that looked ready to begin their quest for Lord Stanley's Cup. It was a dominant performance for the Rangers against a team who was favored in the series, a team who had their number in the regular season, a team who finished ahead of them in the standings in the Metropolitan Division, a team who was at home, and all we heard about all the speed of the Devils and look out, look what they did in the regular season. You saw why postseason experience is so huge in you know when you get down to a playoff matchup between a team that went through a nice you know run last year in the grind of the postseason and a team that with the Devils is this is their first you know time in the playoffs together the Rangers dominated that hockey game we also talked about you know the one of the reasons why we talked about the Rangers being able to win the Stanley Cup this year being in position to win it not just the moves that they made at the trade deadline, although those were big. You know, with Tarasenko, who scores the first goal. Surprise, surprise. The guy was brought here to be successful in the postseason. He scores the first goal. That's a great sign right there. You know, Patrick Kane didn't do much. But still, the trades the main, the Rangers made to bolster their front six, their top six. I mean, they're paying dividends immediately in game one of the postseason. We talk about special teams. Rangers getting the job done on the power play as well last night. But the number one thing, the number one thing that we talked about with this Rangers team and why they had a chance to hoist Lord Stanley's Cup, and look, I know it's only one game. I'm not going to go nuts over it. But it's Igor Shesterkin. That is why the Rangers have a shot. You watch that game tonight. You watch that game, and you see immediately how this team can get to 
and win a Stanley Cup. Now, it's a long, long, long road. But that was about as impressive a performance as you can possibly have. A complete effort from the Rangers. Physical game, winning faceoffs, puck control, shots on the net, defensively, Igor, special teams, you name it. Really, the only blemish, and it's unfortunate because it broke up the shutout, was the penalty shot from Jack Hughes scoring on Igor. At least giving the Devils fans a little something to cheer about on the night. Because outside of that, it was a one-sided affair. And it has to make you feel good if you're a Ranger fan watching that game to go in on the road against a very good Devils team and dominate the play like that. I know the Devils had their run, you know, in the third period, but the, the Rangers are just too much. They have stars all over the ice. Kreider looking like the Kreider, you know, that was dominant a year ago in front of the net. Adam Fox proving to be the best defenseman in the NHL, or one of the best defensemen in the NHL. And as we mentioned, the special teams doing its job. So that is a that is a great start to a postseason for the New York Rangers. Remember where we were a year ago, where the Rangers were at home losing in triple overtime with a bullcrap call that uh, you know it didn't go their way, losing in triple overtime in Game One against the Penguins, putting them in an early series hole. Which led to you know the three one hole, which led to them having to go seven and fight hard in that first round. Hopefully that is not the case this year, and everybody expects a long series. And look, that still may be the case, but that was a dominant performance from the Rangers, and you have to feel good. You know, there's no guarantees that these series go six or seven games. Not saying it's not going to, but. And going in, I felt the Rangers were going to have the big advantage because of their playoff experience. And, you know, the other thing is they're a team. Forget about even just the experience. But they got a taste of it last year, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. And they're a team that's been on a mission to get back to where they were a year ago and go even further this year to the Stanley Cup, win a Stanley Cup. That is how they are built. The Devils are not built for that yet. Not to say that they can't do it. Not to say they're not good. But this is the Rangers' time here. Devils are new at this. Maybe next year, a different story. This is the Rangers' time here. They loaded up for it. They're ready for it. And all the pieces are in place right now. And all the pieces that are in place did exactly what you would want them to do in game one of this postseason series, this first-round matchup, on the road, no less, against the Devils, and I would say hostile environment, and look, there were plenty of Devil fans there, but, I mean, you can hear, you can hear the Potvin sucks whistles from the Rangers fans in the, in the house at the Rock. That place was rocking with Ranger fans. I don't think it's going to be the same way at the world's most famous when the series shifts for Game 3. Game 2, of course, will be Thursday night. Devils got to get back on the board. You do not want to go down 0-2 coming to the Garden for Game 3. But an impressive performance. As impressive a playoff performance as we've seen. I mean, they've won some big games. They've been close games, whatever. This was a dominant performance. Get the early two-goal lead, make it stick, make it 3-0 in the second. What a goal by Lindgren. And then pull away in the third. Even when the Devils get on the board with Hughes, the Rangers answer back with the empty netter. 
just a it was a an intense playoff game, but a game that the Rangers were in total control of, basically from start to finish. That is what you want to see from a team in game one of the postseason that has Stanley Cup aspirations. As for the other team in town in the postseason tonight, the Knicks, it was one of those games where you just throw it out. I mean, it was a garbage effort really from the get-go. The Knicks aren't good enough shooting the basketball. We know that. Their three-point shot is just not there, and that's going to be a problem. And you see the flaws in this team. Even in the win, I don't think they played particularly well in game one, but they were able to play well enough down the stretch to be able to get the win on the road, which is great. And they did what they had to do. Can't go nuts because they lost game two. However, being down you know, by 30 in the game, that's not good. Having, what, 60 points at the end of three, that's not good. The only damage they actually did was in garbage time, which was the entire fourth quarter. And there's one main culprit. Now, the Knicks were not good overall, and it's not just one guy that cost them. Their defense wasn't very good. Their offense obviously was awful. But when it was still a game in the first quarter, in the first half, when it was still a game before Cleveland pulled away in that second quarter, R.J. Barrett continued to show why he is a major problem. And I say this with all sincerity possible. I do not believe R.J. Barrett belongs in the NBA. Like He does things that a borderline NBA player would do. Like Maybe there are certain things like, hey, yeah, he could attack the rim, or yeah, he could do this, or he's athletic. His shooting is no... he, He honestly may be the worst shooter I've ever seen. That's not like a big man who wasn't expected to shoot. No, I'm not talking about like R.J. Barrett versus Mitchell Robinson. I'm talking about... For a a guy who plays a position where you actually need someone to, you know, shoot the basketball. It is basketball. The objective is to put the ball in the net a lot of times to do so. You actually have to shoot it. R.J. Barrett may be the worst shooter of the basketball for a small forward slash guard position that I've ever seen in my life. And he hurt the Knicks in game one. He killed the Knicks in game two tonight. He was a major problem. And he's on the floor 33 minutes. He should not be on the floor, period. Enough with R.J. Barrett. Enough. Problem is the Knicks need him to win. And he's no good. He just can't shoot. Now, on a night where Jalen Brunson goes one for eight from downtown, you're not going to win anyway. So you credit the Cavs' defense for being swarming. But R.J. Barrett just cannot buy a bucket. He's terrible. He is terrible. I've seen more than enough of R.J. Barrett. And then to rub it in, because I remember saying this vividly prior to the draft in 2019. I remember saying vividly, or I remember vividly saying, that the Knicks cannot just go chalk and think, okay, Zion won Jatsu, R.J. Barrett. Well, he's the thir- third best player on most boards. We're going to take him. They needed to find someone other than Barrett. I never liked the scouting report on Barrett. A shooting guard who can't shoot. A guy whose strength is taking it to the rim. But he's not good at shooting free throws. He can't go right. Like, all those things. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Like, come on. And what do the Knicks do? They go chalk. Would anybody happen to know... The player that was taken fifth in that draft? 
I'll give you a hint. He was on the Cavaliers tonight. And when you look at what Darius Garland, that's the answer, what he was able to do, that is just simply something R.J. Barrett doesn't have in him. And when you think why, or you think about why the Knicks can't get to another level or why they haven't gotten to a legitimate level or why they may lose this first-round series, and I still think they're going to win the series. But if they do lose this series, a team that can't get out of the first round, when they do, in fact, make the playoffs, the rare time that they do, you go back to the drafts that they've had, and the ones that were obvious, you know, Neil Aquina and Knox, just absolute disasters. Sure, those are obvious. But you also have to go back to the 2019 draft when they took R.J. Barrett. Instead of thinking outside the box, instead of seeing what Cleveland saw in Darius Garland and saying, hey, you know what? I know R.J. Barrett is the chalk pick here. We got to find a diamond in the rough. At number three, by the way, it's not even a real diamond in the rough. Just draft who you project could be the better guy as opposed to what seemed to be the safe choice. And they got it wrong, and it's costing them. And it might cost them this series. If the Cavs continue to go through Garland the way that they did, they're going to be a problem. Now, the good news is, as we said, the Knicks did their job and took a game on the road. That's what you got to do out of the first two. The series will shift back to the Garden now, or not back to, but to the Garden now, on Friday night for game three. You know that place is going to be absolutely insane. And I have to believe that some of the Knicks, not named R.J. Barrett, that have struggled, Emmanuel quickly, you know, maybe even Obi Toppin, who wasn't awful tonight, I guess, but he's a guy who always thrives on that home crowd. Quentin Grimes. You have to believe that they're going to get, the Knicks will, get the best of their guys come game three. Very disappointing, though, with R.J. Barrett, who just cannot shoot. Like, I never want to see him shoot. I was thinking as I was watching both games, the Knicks and Rangers, where I want Panarin to shoot. I don't want R.J. Barrett to shoot. Rangers need to shoot more. Barrett needs to shoot less. He's a problem. And Emmanuel quickly, I don't know what the hell's gotten into him. Turning the ball over. I mean, he can't. He's just making bad decisions. The Knicks with the turnovers again. Very sloppy. 17 turnovers again for the Knicks. Just sloppy basketball. This is the postseason. You have to respect the possessions. Each and every possession needs to be respected. And the Knicks have not done that in two games. They're fortunate to be 1-1. They got their doors blown off in Cleveland in game two. But it's over. You lick your wounds. You come back. You rest up. And Friday, you have to go out there with everything you got because you the Knicks have to win these two games. You want to win this series? This is what happens in the NBA. You want to win series and move on? Something the Knicks haven't done? You have to protect home court. They have home court. As ugly as it was in game two, doesn't matter. It's still just one loss. They got the winning game one, did what they had to do by taking one of two on the road, now come home and protect home court. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 